turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Christ has coexisted with God since the beginning. Therefore, everything we think, say, and do is to be rooted and grounded in Him because in the beginning was Christ, and Christ was with God, and Christ was God. As we consider our celebration of Christmas, let's ask ourselves these questions. Do the gifts we have glorify God? Do they remind us of the one whom we are or should be celebrating? Is He our focal point on Christmas Day and every day? Are we witnesses for Christ in our giving, thereby drawing others to Him? Christ is to be the only object of our celebration and giving. John, 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 John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The sin of the world. The Lamb of God, the sin. He came to save us from our sins. That's why we, everybody under my voice ought to know why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate the fact that Jesus was born to save us from our sins. Number three, God sent Emmanuel because of his sacrificial love for mankind. God sent Emmanuel because of his what? Sacrificial love for mankind. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoso believeth in him should not what? Perish, but have everlasting life. God loves us with an unconditional love. If he did not, we'd all be in a whole bunch of trouble. There is, he loved us with a, in spite of ourselves. He loved us with an unconditional love. There is nothing you can do to make God love you any more or any less. Nothing you can do. He loves you as much as he can love you right now. I don't care how bad you say at my worst. Lo- yes. Now that's hard for people to do, but God loves us at our best and at our worst. As a matter of fact, even when he chastens us, he chastens us in love. Even when we go, even if some choose to go to hell, he'll love you to hell. You see that? He doesn't stop loving you. He, uh, he'll love you. Say, if you were so hell bent on rejecting me, I will love you enough to give you what you want. That's big. I love you enough to give you what you want. I give you what you ask for only for you to discover you didn't know what you were asking for. Oh, God, this is a, this is something in this message. Number four, God sent Jesus to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. This is powerful. God sent Jesus to what? Redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoptions as sons. Galatians chapter four, verses four and five. I, I know it's on the screen, but please turn there. Galatians chapter four, verses four and five. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman 
are born under the law. You see, it was, it was born under the law to redeem those who were what? Under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Say adoption. Underline that word. That's a beautiful word. Adoption. Adoption is the act of bringing someone who is the offspring of another into one's own family. It, it, it is the act of bringing someone who is the offspring of another into one's own family. And that's a beautiful thing when you can have a couples who can have children and they decide to adopt a child and choose a child and love a child like God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Adoption, or you may have children, but you just want to reach out and love another child. It's not that you can't have children. You just want another child to come in your family who would who would who needs a who needs parents and a loving environment. Adoption is the act of bringing someone who is the offspring of another into one's own family. Since we were all born a, a child of the devil, the only way we can become God's children is through spiritual adoption. All of us were born a child of the devil. I don't care how cute that baby is. That baby's still lost. Now, if that did, now you said, what if my baby die, died when he was a baby? She was a baby. That baby would automatically go to heaven because that baby was not able to make a rational decision to, to accept or reject the Lord Jesus Christ. David, at the, at the death of his baby, said, um, uh, I, uh, he can't come to me, but I can go to him. You know, so babies and those uh, those who are mentally challenged, you can't make those kinds of decisions. God has a special place in the arms of Jesus for them. Amen. Adoption is so beautiful and we need so many more people to adopt. Some people try over and over and over for years and years and years to have a child. Well, I'm not going to adopt. I'm still waiting. And usually a whole lot of times uh, when you decide to adopt, then you get pregnant. That happens a lot, too. There are many cases about that. And sometimes people have them late. We have a couple here had twins late. And uh, sometimes children come early or whatever happens. Um, God is in control. Um, I never forget my wife. But when I started dating her, she said, I want you to know one thing. I said, what's that? I can't have children. And I said, well, we'll just let God take care of that. I did not want to be with her because she couldn't have children. I said, God can work out anything. I mean, with God, what? All things are possible. You look how y'all li- y'all like these personal illustrations. Y'all listen real good. So we had the first one, and the child died about eight months in pregnancy. I was teaching school, took the kids to Beaumont on a train trip. I was teaching school. They told Mr. Draper, go to the hospital. And I went to the hospital, and we lost that first child. We should have. We got one in glory, and we have two here. And uh, she was a little girl. She would have been our, our oldest and uh, she's she's in she's in heaven and we will see her. We will see her there. But then we had later on. Here come Andrea then here come Randy. And I said, oh, God, here they come. <laughs> what about this business about you couldn't have no children? <laughs> and Randy came so quick. I said, now, who did that? <laughs> <laughs> so 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 I don't make those kind of. But if we couldn't have couldn't have had a child. We would we would adopt, and then we have then we did adopt another way. Gerald came into our home with nowhere to stay, homeless, nowhere, very poor, and God brought him into our family, 
and uh, he has a child that's taken on a name and his children come over and they get things under the tree and we treat them as our own because they are our own. He stayed in our house until he went to college, went off. But what I'm saying is that there are a whole lot of ways you can adopt and love on children. You see, God did not send it says, look, look what it says. But when, look at Galatians 4, 4. That's why I want you to turn to it. But when the fullness of time had come, let me say that again. But when the fullness of time had come, one more time. But when, underline that, underline it. But when the fullness of time, I got a label with this. God did not send his son Jesus too early, nor did he send him too late. Jesus came into the world at just the right time in human history. He didn't come too early, didn't come too late. And they had been looking for him. A lot of folk died looking for Jesus, just like we may die looking for the rapture. But that's all right. If the rapture don't come to be to be absent in the body, still to be what? Present with the Lord. So we still go be with him. Did not come too late or too early. I'm going to tell you something. some big spiritual implications on this. We are most effective and productive in the kingdom as we wait on the Lord to give us divine permission to carry out our assignment. I repeat that. We are most what? Effective and productive in the kingdom as we wait on the Lord. You know why we make a mess? We don't wait on the Lord. To give us divine permission to carry out our assignment. Refuse to allow people to pressure or remove you from his perfect will for your life. The first six letters in Christmas are C-H-R-I-S-N-T. What does that spell? Christ, which should remind us that we celebrate Christmas for Christ's sake. Jesus, who gave us the greatest gift of all, salvation, which costs us nothing, but costs him everything. He is the reason for Christmas and every season. Many of us miss the real meaning of Christmas because we focus on giving gifts that last for a season rather than the gifts of the spirit that last a lifetime and from generation to generation. Today, Pastor Rander compels us to remember that Christ is Christmas. Thank you for listening in today. Have your Bible close by and have pen and paper handy. You know, people can pressure you right out the will of God. You you got these girls dating these boys or these boys dating these girls. If you love me, you'll lay with me. That's pressure. You say you get out of here. I'm going to wait because I don't need babies right now. I don't need venereal diseases. I I never heard a person said, I regretted obeying God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I never heard a person say, you know, I obeyed God and I regret it. But I heard a lot of folks say, God, word said this, and I rebelliously chose not to do it. I heard what my mama said. I heard what my pastor said. I heard what the Sunday school teacher said, but I listened to what my friends said. I listened to what that college professor who not even saved said. Yeah, I I listened to that sweet talking boy blowing his sour air in my ear and blew me up and can't find him to even get child support. 
Uh-uh, uh-uh. All I'm saying is this. I've never heard anybody say I, re- I regretted obeying God. Refuse to allow people to pressure or remove you from his perfect will for your life. D, doing the right thing at the wrong time will interfere with God's plan for your life. When you do the right thing at the wrong time, wrong time, maybe a good thing, but it's the wrong time. You, you interfere with God's plan for your life and you create heartache, depression. What you did was good, but it wasn't time for it. Some of y'all come in the house blowing off steam, uh, uh, different things. You know, you bring up issues at the wrong time instead of waiting on the Lord. And when you're not operating in God's timing, here comes depression and setbacks. And you know what else? Even chastisement from God. Even though the thing is right, if you do before the time, you can get chastened for it. Jesus often said in his ministry, my time has not come. What are some decisions? What are some decisions? What are some decisions people make before the time? Some people buy a house before the time. They, they, and, and they buy before the time only to have it uh, uh, foreclosed or whatever, and foreclosure or whatever. Now, sometimes people can buy a house and then lose a job after they buy the house. I'm not talking about situations like that. Sometimes you just didn't wait on God. The issue wasn't the job issue. It was just the issue was a timing issue. You know, sometimes you have to wait. And just because somebody else gets blessed with a home now don't mean it's your time too. Stay, stay where you are a little while longer. And breathe easy. Some of you buy cars before the time. And sometimes it's the wrong car. A lemon. Some of you leave or accept a job before the time. You know, you can leave a good job uh, that God didn't release you from. And uh, you left assuming that that next job is going to be a better job. And it was to your heartache and pain. I'm going to say something else big here. I don't know. God sent me all kind of direction. Y'all listening pretty good today. <laughs> don't you, unless you're in the military and you signed a contract and took the oath of office, it's better not to you know, make a vow than make a vow and not keep it. Now you say, well, you know what? Uh, I, 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 I committed to Uncle Sam, so now nah, I ain't going to do it. No, you got, you made that commitment. You do it. I'm not talking about that. But a lot of times you say, my job moved me here and moved me there and moved me there. You better make sure God is in it. Amen. Because God can keep you without that job. Sometimes God will bring you to a certain place like God used that, that fish to bring Jonah to Nineveh and spit him out right there. God will bring you because he wants you to do ministry there, be there. And just because the job moved doesn't obligate you to move. Sometimes you have to tell that job bye because God has a bigger plan. Y'all looking at, y'all looking at me kind of crazy because you said that's my job. It's going to Alaska, New York, yeah. Well, you better make sure God is going there with you. Are y'all, how many of y'all understand what I'm saying? You listen to the spirit. Your boss is not your God. God can keep you without that job, with that job. How many of you been laid off and seen God take care of you? Anybody been laid off and, and in the spirit? How many of you missed a meal when you were laid off? I mean, did you still eat? You probably gained a pound or two being laid off. That's the goodness of God. Say Amen. 
You don't move when people say move. You move when God, not God. If God tell you to move and he's using that job uh, to endorse that as if your sign or whatever, that's fine. But don't you move without your sign from God. Uh, reload. And some of you been in, try, you try your best to get back to where you came from. Oh, God, I'm, I, that's not even a bit. You, and, and, and listen, you go back there. Have you been back to where you came from? And, and then you got glad that you left. How many of you glad that you left where you came from? I'm so glad I left where I came from. If I had stayed back there, no telling what I'd been. I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't be where I am now. I'd been a mess. I'm so glad I got out off of Kaplan Street. You know, I thank God for keeping me and all that. But when I go back and see how those folk looking, and don't and don't go to a high school reunion. You can't even recognize them folk. They all beat up, teeth all out, bags all under the eyes. Three hundred pounds more. I mean, they look bad. I'm walking all in there, feisty and moving all around, and those in there on canes. Those high school reunion can be depressing. And the fact of the matter is, they stayed in the hood too long. Oh God, did it be all? I'm telling you, this is going to be a, this is going to be a series. Oh God, let me get another one. I didn't get for I had a stopping point, but I'm going to stop before that. I'm going to squeeze this other point in time to that leaving before the time. Let me just squeeze this one in, and we'll just stop. Uh, 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 marriage. God tell you not to marry a certain person. Oh, but she's so pretty. She's so fine. Oh, she got a new car. Oh, she got money. Listen, the money can get funny. Oh, uh, he's cute. He's handsome. He's got curly locks. He's, he's got a nice J. Uh, he got. He, I like his biceps. Listen, it's not about the biceps. It's about the heart. And uh, I tell you what, I wouldn't. You ought not marry anybody that uh, you don't know anything about their parents, unless their parents are deceased or something like that beyond your control. You need to get to see uh, how they treat their parents. That's how they're gonna treat you. Uh huh. You look, that, that's a sign right there. They crazy to their parents. They're going to be crazy to you. They don't respect their parents. They're not going to respect you. I, you ought not marry anybody that won't come to church. I don't want to come to church. I'm busy. Well, you too busy to meet for me. Because me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Bring them by and let me check them out. I'm not talking about one time, a quick glance. Bring them to church. Introduce. This is my friend. Anybody you dating is a potential mate. You do know that. You didn't just, oh, there she is, marry her now. It was a dating process, some kind of process, amen? But you got to begin. Some of y'all marry before the time and you divorce. And let me tell you something, when you divorce that, a divorce, it, it, it's a greater, the chances go higher that the second marriage in a divorce uh, will, will end up in a divorce. My wife and I have been married, I've been married 32 years to the same woman. And I thank God for you don't see me up here with a different woman every four or five years. I mean, the, the, I, thought, I thought we said God can keep us. Is God all powerful? Well, then why can't he keep your marriage? Now, I know there is room for divorce 
when it's not reconcilable and when you, if you got those biblical grounds, I don't want to go start going and going in grounds for divorce and remarriage. I, that's a whole series I taught that years ago and I'll go back to it again. But then sometimes some of y'all are in a marriage and you can't wait to get out. That's the other side. You got, you got a before the time you marry somebody before the time for the wrong reason. And then uh, some of you in a marriage and you're doing everything you can now. You, you may not tell your spouse, but it's already in your mind. Ooh, you just hoping he die. <laughs> or hoping she die. So, so that's the easy way out. God won't you just take them. <laughs> they ain't going to die. They're going to be right there. A thorn in your flesh. Yeah, God's whooping you. <laughs> oh, you see that little pretty thing over there? And you got a little, you got it on the side, even your side email, or you got it on a little twit on the side your wife don't know about. You know, my wife can take my, I'm not scared to give my wife my cell phone. There's some females in my cell phone, by the way. And she can look at it that way. I ain't thinking about them. But they in there, you know, my secretary's number in there and other folk number because sometimes I have to make quick calls of this and other people. There are females in my cell phone, males and females in my cell phone. My wife said, well, let me use phone to take out. And I, I'm like, my heart goes, yeah. I don't have it on me. It's in there. I don't bring my cell phone in here because it may go off. So I don't bring it in. I leave it. But she can look in there and she can, she has to write that. She can ask me about any, anybody in there. I don't care. Just take it and just go straight down. I can give her an account. And if she want them in them out, I'll take them out. She said, I don't want that number. Now I can take it out. You don't tell me what to do. Hey, that's my wife. That's my wife. We're accountable to one another. Won't y'all say amen? Y'all listen to this real good. And sometimes you get a little pretty thing or that little handsome thing and you got this little thing going on the side over here. Your wife don't know it. Your husband don't know. And you're kind of sleeping around a little bit or you have an emotional adultery. It's all in your mind. And even when you have intimacy, you thinking you with the other person. Y'all looking at me like y'all ain't saying amen, but you know I ain't lying. You say all this in Emmanuel. If you want God with you, you got to clean up your life. And then you leave her or you leave him and you go marry that little pretty thing. That little handsome man or that man you thought you just had to have. And you get in that new relationship and oh, you're so happy. But after a while, month go by, a year go by and they have killed you. You thought the grass was greener and you wish you could go back to where you were and you can't get back because they remarried. Satan deceived you through that pretty thing or that handsome thing. And you in a lifetime of ministry just because the grass look greener don't mean it's green. You better learn to be satisfied with what you got and help God to cultivate that relationship to the glory of God. Because that little pretty thing today can be an ugly thing 20 years from now. Just because the hips are slip and the backbone is this. Rosy cheeks and long black hair. Fine legs. 
Nice. All, all that stuff began to drop, and all of a sudden, she they gluing in hair, they add no nails. As a matter of fact, you don't know what you got till the honeymoon night. Cause when they start taking out the hair and, and taking off all the parts and taking off the nails, and you look at what do I? <laughs> What you see is not always what you get. <laughs> Emmanuel. <laughs> oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. That mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice! The King has come. Rejoice! Light has come in the midst of darkness. Rejoice, because heaven has come near. Rejoice, because the apple of God's own eye was born in a manger. The only baby ever born that was older than his mama. Emmanuel. And ransom captive Israel. And all God's children said. The Bible tells us that Christ is full of grace and truth. And we are the recipients whether we realize it or not. Without him, we would not exist. So as we plan our Christmas gatherings, let us remember to celebrate the one true God in Christ. And Christ in God who gives us everything we need in this life. The Bible tells us that we live, move, and have our being in Him because we are His offspring. As the Word tells us, when we give, it will be given to us. Moreover, He is preparing us for eternity with Him. There's nothing comparable to that. As Pastor Rander concludes his message, think on these things.